This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 379. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by Mr. Matthew Marister. Greetings. Happy New Year. <laughs> Saying it like that kind of reminds me of uh, Tony the Tiger. They're great. <laughs> you have a lot of voice voice characters you've been doing lately. <laughs> They're not that great either, but uh, good. I try. They're good. Hey, you know what? We are so happy to be here. This is the first episode, not only of the year, but of the decade. The Roaring Twenties of 2020. Mm. (laughs) So, super excited to be here. And I took a little break from things and from the podcast. And, man, we had a great Christmas and New Year's. And I went on a hut trip. People hear hut trip. What? What's a hut trip? Well, it's become an annual tradition around the first of the year. We take some of the young men from my church and we snowshoe sometimes kind of crazily like, you know, a good, a good seven miler, uh, snowshoeing, you know, hike up, I don't know, 2,500, 3,000 feet of elevation from like 88,000 something feet all the way up to, a, uh, over 11,000 feet. And it was cold and it was kind of snowy, but it was beautiful and quiet. And then we stay in this hut and hut does not describe well it's really kind of well it's a primitive cabin somewhat there's not a lot of amenities per se but we had a great time and you know nice nice warm fire started and eat some good food and then hike out so that's a little bit of what i did and and uh, had a great time so i am re-energized and i am thrilled to be doing the first justified saves episode of the podcast for the decade as well Matthew, yes, sir. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. I am blessed, and I can't uh, couldn't ask for anything. So, super Good, happy. Man. Yeah, shoulder coming along. It's uh, it's still hanging on. So, still hanging on. <laughs> I'm good. It's good that it's hanging on. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like I said, we're thrilled to be here. I'm super excited about this episode today. We got a lot of content to cover, so we better move right along. But first, I got a couple of sponsor messages I got to put out there. Today's episode is brought to you by first CCW Safe. We love CCW Safe and, and are proud partners with them sponsoring the podcast. I'm a member of CCW Safe, uh, obviously, or I wouldn't be talking about it. And <laughs> but you know, so some are probably listening and thinking, well, then you're biased. But I'll tell you. I'm very well acquainted with all of the various self-defense coverage programs out there. And, you know, there's other good ones, too. But CCW Safe is awesome, and I definitely think they're one of the best. Okay, maybe even the best, depending on how you look at it. But, you know, if you want to look at a non-biased comparison chart, you can always go to concealedcarry.com forward slash insurance, and we have an up-to-date chart that we have there with all the major players and it's something worth looking at if you want to compare coverages and see what's the best fit for you for me i'm loving ccw safe and you know one of the big things a big deciding factor for me uh, and i'll tell you we wouldn't allow them to, to advertise on the podcast if we didn't like them so uh if we didn't think it was worth worthwhile but they are the only self-defense coverage program out there that 
has fully and successfully defended a client all the way through a first-degree murder charge, through trial, through uh, acquittal, all of that, everything, all the way through. They're the only self-defense coverage program that has that has had that full, you know, kind of life cycle experience through that whole process. Now we hope nobody ever has to go through that, but the reality is sometimes crap does happen. And we had the interview on the podcast with Steven Maddox and his whole story and as to why that all happened and it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And thank goodness CCW safe was there for him to, to help him get through that. And the cool, other cool thing is that there's no limit of, of coverage as far as that, that legal representation cost. Uh, so, super cool. We're proud to have CCW Safe as an episode sponsor. Well, yes, as a podcast sponsor and an episode sponsor here today. To learn more, go to ccwsafe.com. Today's other episode sponsor is ammosupplywarehouse.com, purveyor of fine freedom seeds. You're going to want to order yourself some ammo, just like I got 10,000 rounds sitting right there. Yes, it's still there from those that remember from a few weeks back because it's saved for a special project. And uh, we're going to have some fun with that. So, AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com, that's the place you want to buy your ammo, bulk ammo, even smaller quantities, but they're really great to work with for bulk ammo buys. You know, Matthew, that's a common question I see in online forums is, well, where's a good place to buy bulk ammo? And without a doubt, every time I'm like, uh, look no further, AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com, super fast shipping, great service, awesome prices, usually the best price that I can find, especially when you do all the math of shipping and, you know, or no, you know, sometimes you get right. free, you get the free shipping deal with them as well on some of the larger buys. So take advantage of that kind of stuff and usually get very, very competitive price pricing. So, and they don't sell any crap either. Like that's another thing that I think separates them is there's no like crappy ammo on the site. So you don't have to filter through junk ammo. You just buy good quality stuff at a really great price and it gets shipped to you fast. Agreed. So, AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com. Check them out. Well, Matthew, again, today being a Justified Saves episode, but we do have a couple other stories. Uh, first of all, we got a what not to do. And this one out of Kentucky. And, and actually, the reality is this story ended well for, for everybody mm-hmm. involved. Uh, well, a couple guys went to, you know, a couple kids went to jail. But, but, uh, but you know, the man that is involved in this, he's not charged with anything. But we offer this story as a cautionary tale, all right, because this could have gone sideways. We've seen other situations like this not go so well. We've seen people even potentially be, you know, sometimes been be charged with crimes for doing stuff like this. So what is that? Well, Louis, Louisville. <laughs> it's because there's actually a Louisville here in Colorado and a Louisville back in Idaho where I'm from. But we're not talking about Louisville. We're talking about Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. I don't know. <laughs> I spent some time there, and everyone's like, no, you're saying it wrong. And I'm like, say it again, Louisville. Okay, Louisville. No, you, you're not saying it right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, this was a bunch of Porch pirates. Okay, uh, everybody's familiar with that, and hopefully nobody was impacted by porch pirates during the holiday season with all the shipments and everything arriving. Uh, but the odds are somebody listening did have something taken because it happens all the time. 
this guy was just in his neighborhood and he saw some teenagers pilfering packages and they, they were like going down a side street or something and opening boxes and then tossing them aside, you know, just seeing what they could grab out of these packages on people's uh, doorsteps. He decided to jump in his car with his gun and go and follow them. Mm-hmm. He confronted them on a street and it doesn't say whether he like pointed pulled out his gun and pointed it, but it says that he showed, he, this is quoting him, actually, I showed them I had a weapon. So it could have been even just, hey, guys, look here on my waist. Here's my mm-hmm. gun and my holster. you know. And he told them, get on the ground. Don't make this any harder than it has to be. Two of the three suspects took off. The other one got on the ground, and he held that suspect there until police arrived and arrested him. And naturally, they got the one kid, so they were probably able to connect that kid to the other two kids, and so they they got all three of them. All right. So, and actually, the police chief says, this is an interesting quote from him, okay? If you don't feel comfortable doing that, don't do it, referring to the actions of Mr. Rockwood, the guy that, uh, you know, the, the, the good Samaritan here. He did feel comfortable in that situation. It's great that he was willing to, you know, put his own life kind of at risk to help others. Yeah. So our caution here is anytime you bring a firearm into the picture, you elevate the risk of that having to be used. Now, don't take that the wrong way, okay? But if a gun doesn't need to be used, then it shouldn't necessarily come into the picture, right? Uh, and the other risk is, is a legal one, right? A legal one of you being charged with something. Uh, felony menacing would be just one example where in a situation that you're not justified to do so, you threaten somebody with deadly force by a weapon like your gun that you're carrying and, you know, I think in this case, he's got a police chief that's like, cool, all right, good job, buddy. So, I mean, it could be community dependent, culturally dependent, you know, the, the outcome would probably be totally different in Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. So, beware, all right? And and my advice would be don't involve a gun unless there's a deadly threat involved. I mean, would you agree, Matthew? Oh yeah, and, and, and I mean, one of the comments in, in on Facebook here um, is uh, from Sean. He says, "From what I understand, you can make assistance arrest if a felony is being committed. It depends on your state, but most most states allow for citizens arrest for felonies. Um, most all states allow for you to use force in the defense of property as long as it's reasonable force and not deadly right. force. So right. you know, he, so I think." It, whether I think the the issue, the legal issue here is when he said, I have a gun, showed it to him. Is that con- considered brandishing how he did it or what method? We don't really know. But like you said, you're putting yourself in a legal predicament. You're putting yourself in a position where you may end up killing a teenager over, you know, an a $5 Amazon thing from China, you know, and it's, it's just, um, just, it's just not wise. So the reason why I put it in here, not because you guys probably don't know this and stuff because you guys listen and and all that, but just, I was shocked at the, the chief's statement. I I thought that was bizarre. (laughs) Like he sort of kind of put his life at risk. Well, he did because you don't know if these guys are ran away and come back with a gun or we're we're talking about packages. I mean, if you saw, if you saw half the crap, my wife opened (laughs) order during the holidays, most of it ain't worth, you know, (laughs) 
I mean, there's some things that, you know, were ordered for the kids and, you know, so a little thing here and a little thing there, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, you know, is it worth risking your life potentially and or your legal well-being mm-hmm. over and 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 this wasn't even necessarily his stuff. Right, right. Right? He just saw these kids taking packages from other people's doorsteps. So, you know, again, this guy felt comfortable doing that, but whether you feel comfortable or not, like, okay, I probably could have handled myself in that situation, but it's not worth the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, be a good witness, maybe take some photos of them. I mean, ah, certainly maybe you could follow them in your car and get a good photo of them. You know, they're they're walking along. You're in a car. You can take off quickly if you need to. Uh, you're relatively protected. I don't know. I'm not necessarily advocating any, you know, anything one way or another. I'm just saying be careful and have have an equation in your brain and that equation should say is my life or legal well-being worth what i'm trying to do here and stopping a couple of porch pirates i, I don't think is probably worth it uh, that equation just does not does not compute in my brain but you know what you guys got to do you but be smart about it don't do anything dumb don't get yourself in trouble um and to the citizen arrest thing, by the way, citizens arrest, yes, it's so dependent from state to state to state because you know there's a lot of different state statutes on on this sort of thing. Uh, a lot of times, it is something where if you witness a a felony, for instance, being committed, well, porch pirating probably not a felony, probably doesn't amount to theft of you know enough value of stuff to even you know it's a it's a petty theft probably. Um, that sort of thing. So, you know, worst case misdemeanor, right? So again, you know, depending on your state, some states, you know, would, would allow, well, I saw this crime that, you know, if it's an arrestable offense, then, they, then, then I could commit, you know, or perform a citizen's arrest. But you got to know the laws of your state or your jurisdiction where you are very well. And again, you increase your own personal risk by doing so. So anyway, just keep that in mind, guys, keep the perspective, right? we don't carry a gun so we can play sheriff, you know, and, and, and enact it. Eh, I don't know that this was necessarily vigilante justice in this particular case. Just the guy wanted to do something good and wanted to prevent crime from being, you know, committed. But, uh, but it, you know, that, that we just have to be careful with that. I'm carrying a gun. So I, you know, feel suddenly comfortable doing stuff like this. That that's the wrong kind of attitude to have. Agreed. Yeah, and, and actually, there was someone too that made a comment. You know, I think it was David. Uh, what if one of these kids had a gun on them, mm-hmm. and they suddenly drew it and used it? Well, this is a question. I'll, I'll leave it on this point. That we all have to be. We all have to ask: Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you committed to drawing and using that gun? If all of a sudden that situation turns into that, are you ready? Are you willing? And what I know about people is not everybody is. And I, I know darn well there's people that have probably done what this guy has done, but they're bluffing to some extent. They might not think that they are, but when the heat really comes, are they really committed to pulling that gun out of that holster and using it? It's a question you got to ask. Yep. Got to move on. Uh, good story, though. I mean, it's it's worth uh, an at. Analyzing. (laughs) Analyzing. I'm full of all kinds of words today. Uh, Matthew, tell us real quick about this uh, Flint, uh, Michigan man uh, shot six times in a home invasion. 
Yeah. So this, you know, the, the, the weight of what your actions, you know, we're talking about, are you willing to put yourself at risk and sort of risk your life? Like the, like the uh, chief said, but this guy was at home uh, with his family, uh, home invasion, uh, dudes break in. Uh, he shot six times. Um, they have no, uh, they're not releasing a lot of the information cause it's still an ongoing case and stuff. So we don't really know a lot of the particulars if he was targeted, why? Um, but for all uh, what we can tell, there's no rhyme or reason why he was targeted. Um, he's not a drug dealer. He's not, you know, a criminal. Um, and so he shot six times. He goes to the hospital, survives. Um, but the, the interesting thing about this story and why it's in is not so much for, you know, the tactical analysis or anything like that, but for the actual, a part of it that we don't really think about when, um, when you are involved in a shooting, we all know, or, you know, we chase down porch pirates or whatever we do, we're increasing the odds that we could be injured up into including shot and killed. But this guy wasn't killed. Thank God he survived, but he's surviving and he can't go back to work because of his injuries right now. So in the story, it kind of sh- uh, showing a different side of, of being a victim. We think about, you know, the, the emotional side and we think about the monetary side in court and things, but what about just being injured and not being able to go to go to work and, and care for your family, right? And provide for your family. And so um, this is uh, a story about, you know, a, a community coming together, putting a GoFundMe campaign for this guy uh, while he's recovering and things like that. And I know, Riley, this is something that you do a lot for, um, for concealed carriers when they're involved in shootings and stuff. And, you know, they may die or be injured. I've seen you put a couple of GoFundMe pages together for, for that. And uh, it, it really is a part that we don't think about and we have to um, because it, it, it you're not just making that decision for you, especially if you have a family, it, it, yep. your whole family is going to be impacted. So absolutely, uh, just another cautionary tale, you know, and this is the other half of it. Yep, absolutely. In fact, I'm posting that GoFundMe link right now in the uh, uh, comments on on the live feed today, and we'll make sure we put that in the show notes of the episode when it's published on the site as well, because I do think that's a worthwhile cause. I I, I love this kind of stuff, you know, because these are our people, these are our heroes, uh, you know, doing the best they can, and sometimes stuff doesn't go very well. Uh, and, and by the way, we have to be we have to be ready for that. We have to pre- prepare ourselves. You know, John Korea on his Active Self Protection channel talks all the time about spiritual fitness, right? Are are you at peace with where you are, with who you are, and with your God, whoever, whichever God that is? Are, are you ready? Are you okay with with dying today? If that's what is called, uh, if that's what you're called to do. Uh, and, and that's the reality. I mean, sometimes we don't, actually a lot of times we don't ask for this stuff to come to us. So we don't have a choice. So, but we got to act. We got to try to do our best to defend ourselves, defend our family, whatever that is. And are we ready for the potential that we don't succeed? Right. And, and I think that's, that's a, and I like how he puts it, your spiritual fitness. Are you, are you good? Are you ready? Can you handle this today? And if it doesn't go well, this guy, I mean, and, and to that point, spiritual and emotional fitness. I mean, it's, it, it is an, it's an ordeal to be seriously wounded and the recovery from that. I mean, this guy had his femur shattered. Anybody, I haven't broken a femur, but I've known people that have, and that's a hard one sometimes to come back from, especially if it's shattered. Right. right, a bullet hits your femur and shatters that bone, and a bunch of little pieces, and takes you know surgery and maybe 
a whole bunch of time and recovery to get that to to fuse back together because that is one of your main bones, you know, structurally in your body. So that's that that's going to require a lot of emotional fitness and strength and and determination to to also put up with that and and fight through that and get better eventually. Unfortunately, this guy wasn't seriously wounded in that he didn't. It's actually kind of a remarkable story. He was struck twice in his arm and several times in his leg. I think once in his calf, three times in his in his uh, thigh. You know, where it hit his femur and stuff. Uh, very very fortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes stuff just doesn't pan out the way you you would like it to pan out and sometimes that might be because you're not quite ready you're not quite prepared your your reaction was not what it needed to be your speed what you know of reaction your decision making wasn't what it needed to be whatever it is we don't know in this man's case but we know he got two shots off and then he got shot six times mm-hmm. yeah you know that's why i spend my time dedicating myself to being the best that i can be because I don't want to be on the losing side of the equation. I mean, yes, ultimately this man lived to see another day. The the home invasion was stopped, uh, and that's that's all great. But we still have the aftermath, and that's actually what Matthew labeled this story in our in our notes uh, that the aftermath of this is is really a rough thing sometimes. But folks, if you could support that GoFundMe, yep. I, I you know I think that is a worthwhile cause. So. Anyway, uh, let's go now to Texas. We have to acknowledge a true modern-day hero, Jack Wilson. Uh, many of you probably were wondering if we would, you know, probably expecting us to do even a whole episode about this uh, church shooting. Uh, golly, just a little more than a week ago now at this point. And so what was that, December 3rd? 30th or 29th, 29th, December yeah. 29th, uh, a Sunday. And of course, this was at the West Freeway Church of Christ in White Settlement, Texas. And what we know is this this man came in and he's a, uh, you know, had a fake beard on and like a stocking cap or something on his head, a wig. I don't know. It's it a little unclear. Um, trench coat, dark clothing, very, very, very suspicious character, right? Now, point of what we're talking about here today with regards to this is not with the intent of uh, really diving deep on it or providing a lot of analysis, but we want to just talk about it and let you know I'm planning on doing an episode where we go a little bit deep on this uh, because I I suspect that our listeners want to hear our take on that, and I think there's a lot of worthwhile things to talk about with respect to this. and A lot of people have already done so. And there's a lot of analysis already out there, YouTube channels and different blog posts and articles and things I've seen. But we want to recognize and pay tribute to Jack Wilson for doing what he did. And also to those that died that day, those two men who gave their lives uh, that, you know, they were trying to do, do the right thing themselves and it wasn't their day. Right. So, um, right. but we want to tr- give them tribute and recognize them and, 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 you know, is that church? And so these, these people were where I think they needed to be. So chances are their spiritual fitness was strong and that's great. Uh, you know, I mean, right. it's sad that it had that, that for them, they were called back to, to God, uh, that particular day. But I, I, but I like to think that they were in the right place at the right time uh, as far as I can't think of a better place probably to go than at, at church, uh, worshiping uh, God. So that's a you know, remarkable story. But, but Jack Wilson, my goodness, you know, headshot at 
15 plus yards moving target. I mean, we all, we all know the story now by now. Mm -hmm. Remarkable. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and actually just by way of, of note, and this is my own personal way of, of tribute, paying tribute to the man. Um, and I'm not unique in this, and, and, I, and I, I didn't expect this to be the case either, because I've seen several other people post different things. But I sort of came up with my own little Jack Wilson drill and posted a little bit. Did, did you see that video, uh, Matthew, on my uh, Facebook? Uh, I didn't. No, I God, didn't. You should, you should go check it out, man. Come I on, will. Uh, I've been, where, I've been taking a hiatus off Facebook a little bit. <laughs> man, you just... I thought I thought you cared about me. You've been <laughs> ignoring me. No, so I did a little drill. The drill is, and and I have some reasons for the way I've crafted this, and and I would encourage you to give this a try. I think it's I think it's worth seeing. I mean, guys, don't don't read too much into drills and and go like the first thing that I, I posted on my Facebook, and somebody's like, "Well, you know, the move the target was moving, you know, and or uh, well, you just, you you know, you're just doing that on range conditions. Like, what about with innocent targets in between you and the, and, and the, and the target and stress and all this stuff. It's just a drill guys. Like you either have the skill or you don't to make the shot. And that's all it was for me was, can I make this shot? Can I, and can I do it reliably and consistently? So it's 15 yards. I chose to go with a three by five card target to represent a head. And I think that's, you know, it might be a little on the large side, but, I think is an acceptable target to use for a headshot. Three by five card, 15 yards, and a par time of three seconds, which is a generous par time. It's still challenging enough for uh, most shooters, uh, you know, but, but, you know, so I wanted to kind of a, a good medium sort of par time, you know, put to challenge some people, but also, uh, you know, I didn't want it to be too hard. And of course, if you're, if you want to run this drill and you want to make yourself better, well, set a two and a half second part time or a two second part time or, or whatever you think is, is what you need to push yourself. 15 yard, three by five card target, uh, three second part time. And you need to do it from your carry gun. Okay. Whatever your typical EDC gun is with your carry or defensive ammo and from your carry holster wherever it is that you are typically carrying right that's that's the requirement and why did i why did i decide to have that those requirements your carry gun your carry ammo from your typical carry holster because that's what jack brought to the fight that day so do you know that your ammo is is accurate yeah it's accurate but not only that but does it does it Will your shot go where you think it's going to go, where you want it to go? So you've got this little split second to hit this little, relatively small target area. Do you have the confidence in your gear and your equipment and the sighting of your gun and with respect to your ammo that your bullet's going to go exactly where you need it to go in that instant? And you've got one shot to do it. And that's all it is. That's what the drill is. It's one shot. You run the shot timer. Beep, draw, fire one shot, 15 yards, three by five card. Your carry gun, your carry ammo from your typical carry holster or carry position. And uh, go give that a shot. And if you can't make that shot, I honestly, I think every concealed carrier ought to be able to make that shot. It's not impossible. Like a lot has been made about Jack Wilson. Well, he was he was a firearm instructor, a very skilled shooter, it seems. Um, but it's not like he's he's not this... Um, what I'm trying to say, 
He's not a superhero. He is a hero, but he's not a superhero. He's not superhuman. He's not even Jerry Mitchell-like. Like, you can make that shot. It's not that hard. Yeah, it is hard, but it's not that. It's not impossible. That's what I'm trying to say. So anyway, go give it a shot. The Jack Wilson drill. All right. Um, moving along. Did you want to add anything, Matthew? No, you're banned. No, you hit it. Because I think we'll, we'll you dive you into it. You didn't even see the drill. You didn't even see it. You're fired. <laughs> uh, Monkey Junction, North Carolina. I, I love the name of that town or yeah. whatever. Monkey Junction. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Monkey Junction. <laughs> this must be in the sticks of North Carolina. I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think this is actually our first official justified save story. Uh, so, Matthew, give us the breakdown on this one. Yeah, this one is sort of a, a lesson that we can learn from um, as well. So, uh, basically, what happens here, a homeowner uh, shoots a suspect who is inside our home. How she does this is around 1230 p.m. Uh, she see, She's outside her home. She comes home at 1230 p.m., uh, sees that the door is ajar. Um, she enters the home. Okay. And that's one of those things where you make the call on whether you want to go in believing that somebody's in your home or not. Um, probably not the best choice, could make a better choice, but she goes in. Uh, she's armed. The guy is actually there. Uh, she ends up shooting him, um, 37 year old Michael Jarvis, and uh, he's taken to the hospital in critical condition. Homeowner's not charged, obviously. Um, it, so it's a, it's a legal shooting, it's justifiable shooting, and everything. Uh, I just think that we can learn and say, you know, had there been two or three people in there, had they been hiding in, in, in you know, in, in an ambush type uh, situation for her, seen her pulling up. Um, maybe it doesn't go this way and she's the one in the hospital in critical condition. So not saying don't ever go into your house, but if nobody's in your house and you think somebody uh, might've broken in while you were gone, probably best to have the police come there, stay at a safe distance, call the police, observe. And, and, and so you don't, you know, increase your likelihood of, of being injured, but she made that call and, and she's okay. But uh, you guys make your own decisions, but just something to learn maybe. Wise words. I, and I think that's the way they approach it. In fact, one time I was away from home. I can't remember where it was, if I was actually like totally out of town or if I just was across town, you know, but, but I was far enough away from home that I couldn't be of any assistance. And uh, I got, I got a notification on my phone that my security system, my, my home security system was, was going off. And uh, so I, you know, I called my wife like, Hey, you know, what's going on? And she wasn't answering. And I'm like, Oh, what, you know, like what's going on? And, um, and I, I, I got the, I got the word a little bit later that, um, the uh, front door apparently, you know, it had been closed, but not, it didn't latch for whatever reason. And she didn't do the deadbolt, which you should have, uh, kind of, we talked about that, you know, <laughs> but, uh, so it'd been pulled closed, but it didn't latch and the security system was set. So the sensor had, you know, had been closed, but then like the wind or something pushed the door open and voila you've got a security alarm going off and now eventually i did get a call from her and she's like ah we got home the door's wide open the security's going off and and i think cops showed up and everything and the way to handle that i agree is is hey you know what there's no need to go in there thinking that well this is my home i need to go check this out or you know even have the attitude of i'm gonna be a hero you know like like i don't need no cops i can go in there you know um there's no harm 
and no shame in allowing police to arrive and assist you with that, in my opinion. All right. So good, good advice there. And that kind of stuff, you know, happens like I just described. And then sometimes it might be because somebody kicked that door in and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a scary situation to be in story out of Charlotte. Yes. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, yep, Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. I was just confirming because I, I know of a couple of towns called Charlotte. Uh, so uh, this is a Friday evening, and you had a man and a woman that were robbed. Uh, it actually happened in the parking lot of the – I'm guessing their apartment complex or something. It was in yeah. a parking lot of an apartment complex. So uh, a couple suspects approached them uh, that were armed, and uh, the woman – who's an off-duty police officer, she pulled out a gun and fired on them. A 17-year-old male suspect was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. And it does say also that the other suspects fired back. Mm-hmm. Right. So the woman took action. She's an off-duty cop. Uh, she did what she felt she needed to do to protect them, and it's probably probably the right move. Uh, but again, bullets started coming their way as well. So, But, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's the reality of being in a, in a gunfight. Yeah. And, and, you know, it doesn't say it doesn't go into super detail, but it does say when they tried to rob the husband at gunpoint. Now, I don't know if they're speculating or if this is from their, you know, statements or whatnot, but uh, it seems like they targeted maybe the husband first, um, not believing that the wife was armed. And this is a good reason for both parties understanding how to use a firearm, being being carriers. I mean, yeah. it's all good that we want to be the protectors of our family. It's all it's great. But when we're the ones that are the target, um, wouldn't it be great if our wife or spouse could, you know, or husband could could pull the pull pull a gun and put William shots on, on the attacker yeah. to save us. So it, it you know, we kind of get get ourselves in the in the mindset like, okay, I'll handle every situation that comes. But if you're the one who's who who who's at the you know the you know the you're at a disadvantage, um, maybe that spouse, if they're trained, they can help out, which in this case save this possibly save this dude's life. Yep. That's a great observation. You know, yeah, the ability of of both of you as a couple, you know, being able to respond uh, is a powerful thing. Uh, and, and if you look at a lot of surveillance video of actual, you know, like on the street robberies in particular, so like those are a unique situation um, as opposed to like a convenience store is its own unique situation. A home invasion is its own unique situation. But like something that happens out in the open public area. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch a lot of video, I mean, a lot of times you're a lot of times you're going to have multiple su- multiple suspects, and a lot of times you know one one guy's maybe going to be standing off and kind of almost playing like you know how you, Matthew you know this of course, but uh, law enforcement officers working together, you're going to have like a contact officer and a cover officer, mm-hmm. right? Co- cover officer is just he's just observing primarily, right? Yeah, yeah. he's watching for move, you know that for the suspect or the person being interviewed to make any sort of moves. He's Watching the contact officer's back, he's looking to see if there's anything else going on anywhere else. You know, if it's a vehicle stop, you look, you know, checking other areas in the vehicle, that sort of thing, right? Robbers do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that remarkable, right? Because people figure this out. You know, it's it's just it's 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 natural human tactics, and so you'll a lot of times have a robber that's he he's kind of almost providing cover in a way, probably looking around checking things out. Another guy that's the grab man, basically the contact in this case, contact person, and he's probably you know rummaging through the purse, through the pockets, grabbing the wallets, that sort of thing. 
and I want you, you know, go and find some of these videos. You'll find a lot like on active self-protection on, on YouTube and just watch the di- dynamics. Don't, don't pay attention to, um, you know, it's like sometimes it's, I don't pay attention to like the gun and, you know, that sort of thing. Pay attention to like what the human interaction level is like, like what people are actually doing on a social level as they're going through this robbery. Uh, we'll call it a process, right? Because it is a process. You look, watch it from start to finish You'll and you watch enough of these, you'll start to see some common things come out of that uh, and, and just look at how those progress. Now, what I'm getting at is you're worth somebody else. There's and if you're kind of in a situation you're like, oh, I might need to act, I might need to act, but these guys have a weapon, he's already got his weapon out, I need to get mine out, like, you don't want to draw on a drawn gun, right? So, but you, you can if you have an opportunity or if you create an opportunity. And so what I, what I want you to look for is those moments where they take their focus, their attention off of you. It doesn't have to be for very long, right? Depending on your skill level. If you can get your gun out in a second, or better, you're in great shape. A second and a half, well, yeah, you're still pretty good, but you might need a little bit more of a of a distraction, you know, for them to be pulled away. That that's what I want you to look at. So go watch some of those videos and, and look at the social interaction piece of that and watch their their eyes, their heads, where they're looking, where their focus is, that kind of level of interaction. And I think it'll it'll you'll learn a lot from that. And that I think can uh, explain a lot as to how these kind of situations develop. I mean, chances are, if you got like, not to be uh, uh, a chauvinist or anything, but a lot of times you might have a situation like this where they might tend to f- place a little bit more focus or care on the male uh, partner mm-hmm. because they may perceive him as being the more likely threat or the more likely one to give them, you know, trouble. And you know the the woman may not be as much of a of a problem in their mind, right? And so in that case, it probably worked in this woman's favor. If the, you know, I'm not saying that's how it played out. I'm just saying that 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 you can see that as you watch a, a surveillance video as well. Um, Conyers, uh, Conyers is in Texas or Georgia. Uh, Conyers, that is Georgia. Georgia, yes. Yeah. Um, I think there's another town in Texas that kind of sounds like that anyway conyers georgia rockdale county investigators trying to determine the circumstances what happened or what appears to be a violent home invasion tuesday night this is actually a couple weeks ago keep in mind a lot of our stories uh and we we had a bunch we had to matthew had to call a bunch of stories because there was so much uh going back through all of december and everything um but apparently there's a home invasion incident and a woman was wounded after exchanging gunfire with home invaders Tuesday night. Uh, so apparently, it says what happened is that two men entered this woman's residence by kicking in her front door. She obviously must have heard this taking place. She made her way to her bedroom to take cover and locked herself inside the bedroom. The suspects ran up the stairs and kicked in her bedroom door. Shots were then fired. We don't know, this is according to the sheriff, Eric Levitt, we don't know if she shot first or if the suspect or suspects shot first. Either way, uh, she did shoot and struck, it's believed, one of the suspects. Uh, They left the scene after the exchange of gunfire. She was struck twice. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as we know, she's made it. It says that, according to the story, her condition was not known, but she did have to be transported to a hospital. Uh, and I didn't see any updates saying that she had passed away. So believe that she survived. But, uh, you know, again, you know, how many stories have we had so far today, Matthew, where good guys defending yeah. themselves with a gun and they get shot as well in the process? Yeah. Yeah. And this, I mean, she did, she did what she could, right? She, she retreated to a place where, you know, maybe her, that's where her firearm was and she was going to retrieve it. Um, you know, it, it, it you know, you want to retreat to a position of advantage and she tried, they kicked in two doors, but maybe that gave her enough you know, time to get the gun and, and where if she hadn't, um, you know, been able to retreat or she would have had it somewhere else in the house or it wouldn't have been loaded or, you know, um, she wouldn't have been able to get to it in time. So this is, I mean, this is one of those situations. We don't know what the motivation was, but these guys were obviously extremely motivated to harm this woman. And so, uh, it's not your typical, like, Hey, I, you know, I'm breaking in. I want to steal a TV. Oh, the homeowner's home. Let me run. Um, it, this, these people were motivated solely to, to, to hurt this woman. And so thank God she had the ability, uh, you know, legally and the ability physically to, to put shots on these dudes and change their, their, uh, intentions. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy story. Yeah. Um, be ready. Even, you know, it's not like we have to be switched on condition, you know, orange all the time when we're in our own home, but you know, but you should have a good solid home defense plan that allows you to take action quickly, swiftly, uh, you know, with, without delay. Uh, you know, I, I carry a gun on me. all, all you know, basically every waking moment of the day, even when I'm just at home hanging out. Uh, cause I, you know, I've, I've developed my own personal, way of doing that. Even when I'm in comfy clothes, you know, I generally have uh, a gun on my person. So mm-hmm. not that that's the only part of a home defense plan, right? But you know, in the context of a lot of these justified save stories we share, uh, this is a common thread. You know, she had to, she had to retreat to her bedroom. Now that, that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad idea, by the way, that's actually potentially a really good idea mm-hmm. rather than confronting these guys somewhere in a different part of the house. Uh, what she did there, that's that what I'm saying about that is that's not a bad thing at all. Uh, and actually probably bought her a little bit of time and forced them to come to a single entry point then into her bedroom where, I mean, that's a choke point, right? That tactically, that's a pretty good place. She right. still somehow managed to get shot. But if, so again, that worked, that's a, not a bad idea, but if you have to retreat because you don't have a gun or something to defend yourself with on your person, then you see that's uh, it's limiting your options as far as how you approach things with your home defense plan inside your home. Anyway, all right. Channel 13 ABC, abc13.com, Channel View, Texas. Uh, says a resident opened fire, killing three suspects inside his home. Matthew, give us a rundown on this one. Yeah, so this happens at a trailer park in Texas, uh, 10 a.m. Dude hears something going on, uh, burglary of his trailer home. He takes his shotgun and ends up shooting three dudes uh, that are trying to break into his his, uh, shotgun. Um, Pretty pretty crazy, right? So... um, he says he was the the story says he was also shot. So they were armed. Uh, all four people involved in this end up getting shot. Um, but he is in serious condition. Um, so hopefully he survives. It doesn't 
you know, normally these don't have any updates. So that's, it is what we have. Um, but you know, that the fact that he got three shots on three dudes that were breaking into his, his, uh, trailer is pretty, pretty good. Right. And, but I want to just direct you to the end of the article where the sheriff, uh, says something pretty interesting. He says, I, now I, he's in Texas. I don't have a Texas <laughs> accent, so I'm just going to read it like a, you know, a Yankee or whatever. Um, <laughs> I want to just warn people that if it turns out that you're breaking into somebody's home, regardless of the circumstances, that eventually you're going to end up dead or you're going to end up in jail. Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez <laughs> said, I mean, dude, that's, I mean, that, you know what I mean? It, it's true. It plays out, but, um, you know, this, this was just a, a pretty interesting story because there were three and that's the whole, you know, why do you need an AR-15 or why do you, you know, you, you don't need that many because many rounds because, you know, typically it's three, three yards, three seconds, uh, you know, three shots. And in this case, it was three shots. I don't know if he fired six shots or five or whatever, but uh, definitely more than one attacker. So, yep. Well, uh, you need to work on your Texas accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as to what that is exactly, uh, Texas is big enough that there's there's almost regional accents. So you know, <laughs> be, be advised, be advised. Uh, all right, I think this is no, not quite. It's almost our final story. We got two more. FedEx driver fatally shoots suspect during armed robbery in Northeast Philadelphia. Story goes that a FedEx driver is just trying to make a routine delivery. It's during the holiday season. This happened on December seventeenth. Uh, so Philadelphia, you know, just before Christmas packages being delivered right and left. This guy's probably working hard, working busy, working late, making a delivery. And he's coming back to his, to his, uh, FedEx truck. And that's when an armed gunman approached and robbed him. Uh, and at some point he, uh, decided to try to defend himself. He drew his gun and fired at the robber, uh, and, I believe he he struck him. Uh, he said he didn't know at the initially if if he had got him, but they found him later, and he actually died at the hospital. So the suspect died. Uh, the FedEx driver was also uh, shot in the process, uh, not mortally wounded. He was transported to the hospital, and uh, later on was in stable condition and on his way to recovery. So uh, we, we're starting to see. It seems to me. I mean, like we just recently had that robbery and. Miami, right, with the UPS truck that ended with that terrible shootout uh, on a busy stretch of road or highway or whatever. Um, you know, these 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 guys, these vehicles, especially during this time of season, I mean, they, they could be a target. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing. Uh, knowing a little bit about FedEx and its policies, uh, I've actually driven a FedEx truck, if you can believe it or not. Uh, so <laughs> my brother-in-law owns a, owns a FedEx route, actually a couple of routes now, and I uh, helped him once uh, just, just moving a truck around. Um, but uh, the FedEx facilities where you actually pick up the packages, those are all off limits to guns. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm fairly certain that FedEx probably has a policy about not carrying a gun or something to that effect, right? But I know for sure the, fe- the, the f- facilities themselves are gun-free zones. So you know what? On one hand, I'm proud of this uh, FedEx driver for having a, a tool with him to defend himself with, and I'm proud that he was able to defend himself. Uh, again, our st- statistics today aren't looking so good as far as justified CCWers not getting shot when they try to defend themselves. Uh, you know, and so he and he may very well have been violating a company policy or whatever by carrying, but uh, you know, so whether he loses his job or whatnot, whatever, but. 
the dude's alive. That's good. That's a good thing. He did what he needed to do, and he's he's alive to tell tell the tale. So, yep. crazy story there out of uh, Northeast Philadelphia. Yep. You know, with all these good guys getting shot today, I mean, th- there's some worthwhile questions to be asked about this. I think. Um, and you know what? If you're not carrying some kind of here, here's my ankle IFAC. If you're not carrying something, yeah, it's not on my ankle right now, but it's, I'm sitting down here in my home home desk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's here, so it's ready to go. I can throw it on. Um, if you're not carrying something medical-wise, uh, you should consider doing that. And, and it's very easy to have, at the very least, something in, even in his FedEx truck. You know, you get shot, you may need to perform some self-aid. Mm-hmm. Last story, Matthew. You have time to cover this one with us? Absolutely. Let's do it. South Carolina woman fatally shoots escaped inmate who broke into her home. This is this is an awesome story, and I'm glad we're finishing with this one. So, uh, escaped inmate, um, I believe his name is was this Bruce? Yeah, Bruce McLaughlin Jr. Uh, kicks in her back door, and uh, the escaped inmate was armed with a 12 inch knife knife sharpening tool that he got from the woman's kitchen. So probably just like a long pokey thing, but probably yeah. would hurt sticking in sticking it into your neck or something driving you know, the, your the one i have has kind of a point to it like you yeah. you could definitely stab somebody with it yeah yeah oh absolutely um and so it says when the woman found mclaughlin inside her bedroom door or, or outside her bedroom door she shot him once in the head according to the release so not sure if she maybe heard him uh kick in the door she hides maybe uh with you know i, I this is in my mind i'm speculating it doesn't go into this but i'm speculating that she arms herself gets in a position where she can see who's coming if somebody comes through her door her bedroom door um before they can see her right so whatever however the maybe the door is placed on an angle or furniture, whatnot um, gives herself that ability to see them before they see her sees it. Hey dude, I don't know McLaughlin. Uh, he's got tattoos all over his neck. It looks like he's tweaked out. He's got something in his hand uh, and puts around through, through the dude's head. Um, and, and, you know, he, he, now he, he wasn't, uh, he, he busted out of prison. It says he was, uh, charged with kidnapping, assault, robbery, escape uh, to prison records. So he was uh, being held on charges of sexual conduct with a minor. Um, so, or no, that, that was his partner that also escaped. Uh, McLaughlin had a criminal record, uh, most recently booked on burglary and grand larceny charges. So not a good dude. And the dude he was you know, hanging out with wasn't a good dude either. That guy wasn't with him when he kicked in the door. Um, he was actually uh, apprehended and put back into prison. This guy uh, ended up you know, not going back to prison either, but probably would have liked to given the opportunity. But um, awesome story. I mean, whenever somebody tells you you don't need a gun to protect yourself, you don't need, you know, just call the police or this and that. Um, this dude busted out of prison, right? And, and would have done, I'm no doubt that this guy would not have uh, let this woman walk away. Um, and so, thank God, she, again, she had the ability and in, in, in the training and the thought process of how to, how to be, uh, you know, you use this gun in a way that she can have the advantage over this guy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for your coverage of that. I actually, I dropped out there. You probably may have noticed, uh, I'm not sure what happened, uh, but <laughs> I'm back. I got back pretty quick, I think. <laughs> so I'm glad the, the technology didn't fail too bad. Uh, Because that could have been awkward to not be able to finish the podcast here at the end. Cool. 
Matthew, thank you for wrapping that up for us. Uh, <laughs> you know, watch for that stuff. You know, I mean, I, I had a friend that lived across from a correctional facility, you know, and, and that was something that, you know, as I'd go and visit him, I would kind of think about, well, golly, you know, if somebody escaped, like you might be one of the first places they look to seek refuge as they try to make their escape, you know, and, uh, I'm not saying, I have no idea how far this woman lived away from this jail, but, uh, yeah, anyway, crazy story. Yes, very, sir. Very crazy. Hey, before we go, we need to do a prize giveaway, I think. Uh, I don't know if we actually awarded the last uh, prize uh, for the weekly uh, podcast prize, all right? So concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. Uh, folks, uh, maybe you've forgotten about it. It's been a while. You know, we kind of, of course, we took a break from things too. And so, hey, we're going to pick a winner right now. It ended seven days ago, but we're going to pick a winner of a pack of nine millimeter new bold dummy ammo all right so let's do that right now this is a live podcast announcement again we do the weekly podcast giveaway and announce on tuesdays winners of the raffle that you got to sign up for on a weekly basis okay and we'll get the next one started uh, up here matthew will probably get loaded up before the end of the day so watch that page you got to go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to sign up each week all right so for a five pack of nine millimeter dummy rounds this week's winner is Edward L. Last name starts with L. First name is Edward. Congrats, Edward. We'll send you an email and contact you, let you know that uh, you were the lucky winner this week, and we'll get you some dummy rounds shipped out to you. So congrats, Edward. And so here we are. And Matthew, by the way, folks watching or listening, I'll be finishing up this last bit of the podcast alone because he did have to take off to go pick up his daughter from school. He's forgiven. Uh, he he's almost forgiving. He's got to go check out the uh, Jack Wilson drill video that I shared first. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, so thanks for your support of the podcast. Thanks for everything that you do for us and make it possible. Your support of us at, through Guardian Nation, our special membership program. Uh, your support of the of the products that we sell, the products we talk about on the podcast, all of that stuff. We really appreciate everything that you do, that you purchase, that allows us to be in business and do what we do and bring content to you free of charge. I mean, well, sort of free. Uh, the, but bringing the content, you know, this is something we do and have done for a long time now and will continue to do for as long as we possibly can. And that is bring high quality, high impact content through the podcast and through other mediums and make it just totally available to you. All right. Now there is some special content available for members only in the guardian nation members area, but the podcast will always be free. So wouldn't be possible without your support. Wouldn't be possible without our sponsor support. We thank CCW safe again, CCWSafe.com. Hope that you'll give them a look give them a try. I saw earlier David commented in the comments uh, that he had to drop uh, another insurance carrier, whatever, self-defense coverage provider. And uh, well, maybe you're going to look at CCW safe. I hope so. And then also we thank ammo supply warehouse, ammo supply warehouse.com. Uh, we love the guys. We have a great relationship with them there. And they are also a sponsor of our shooter ready challenge, a monthly drill challenge that we do. It's a dry fire drill challenge actually. 
And I just filmed the January one yesterday. That'll go live here perhaps later today or tomorrow. Uh, and, and so I would encourage you to check out ShooterReadyChallenge.com and participate in those monthly dry fire challenges. It's a great time, and you have the opportunity to win free ammo from AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com uh, just by participating. So, guys, thanks again for being a part of this. Welcome to 2020, a new decade, a new year, and I hope you've set some worthwhile goals to make yourself just a little bit better in this coming year and put in the work. And so with that, we're going to let you go. A reminder to, you know the phrase, train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.